Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Prove it. Give me the proof. Show me Jesus resurrected from the dead. That's what somebody might say to you today. And why? Because we don't see people rise from the cemetery. We don't have people come back onto a television show and talk about what it was like to be dead for 10 or 20 or 30 years. And yet here we are, the second Sunday of Easter, and we are saying, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. How do you truly know this took place? I can't give you the resurrected Jesus here today. If I could, I would be so happy to sit down with the rest of you. I can't tell Jesus to surprisingly walk out of the back room, and you can't have a personal audience with him like his first disciples did. Yet we walk by faith and not by sight. You've heard that before, how many times we walk by faith, not by sight, and how cliche it sounds, but it's true. We walk by faith and not by sight. Yet this is terribly difficult in our modern, tech-crazy, screen-filled world. The moment anything happens, whether it be a gasoline tanker exploding or your chili con carne coming to the table at the restaurant, what do you do? You pull out your phone and you take a video and you take a picture and you show it to everybody on the World Wide Web. Look at this amazing fireball. Look at this amazing bowl of chili. This place has the best chili ever. People will tell you, I need to see pics or it didn't happen. The moment that something happens that is newsworthy, we have to see it. We don't want to just hear about it. If you catch the world's largest fish, it's even bigger in your story than in your pictures. Give us a video. Give us an image. Everyone wants to take a video of everything today. Everything that is earth-shattering all the way down to that appetizer. If we don't see photos or videos, we're just not going to believe it. And yet, we come in here today and say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Where's the Instagram? Where's the Facebook? Where's the Snapchat? Where's the TikTok of Jesus walking out from the grave? That's what the world says to us today. You guys are crazy. You're nuts for believing that Jesus, number one, is the Son of God. Number two, that he actually died and rose from the dead. There are those even today who will say that Jesus didn't even exist. Even though there are non-Christian historians like Josephus and others who give a full account of a man named Jesus from Nazareth who had a big following. But sometimes it would be nice to turn the tide on the world, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to say that George Washington didn't exist. It'd be nice to say that Martin Luther didn't exist. 
or Albert Einstein. People might say, well, we have historical documents, we have paintings of George Washington and other people like Abraham Lincoln. We have writings of Martin Luther. We have some film and evidence of Albert Einstein. You've read about them. You've seen pictures and paintings of them. You believe that they existed, but you can't have them walk in here today, can you? So I don't believe they existed. You all would think that I'm nuts. We can't prove that these people who have died before us ever existed apart from what we read and what we learn from teachers. People passing on this information. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go back to the scriptures. Go back to Christ and his resurrection. He's risen from the dead, and the Bible gives us an account that he is before over 500 witnesses. The 11 disciples for fear in the, 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 the upper room, the women, and even to Paul. Paul says that if this isn't even true, if Christ is not risen from the dead, your faith is in vain. You all are cuckoo. But think about it in an opposite manner. If it is true, and if he does say that because of his resurrection, death no longer has power or dominion over you, what does that mean? We're not here today simply to be goody-two-shoe, moralistic, nice little Christians following Jesus' example. We are here to be people who have been brought from the dead to the life of Christ. How much more do we need to believe and grab on to the truth of his resurrection? It seems insane for sure. Washington was the first president. Lincoln ended the Civil War. Einstein discovered whatever that theory thing was. But never did any of them ever claim to rise from the dead. So how can we believe this? We are like Thomas. Poor Thomas. Unless I see and touch Jesus for myself, I will never believe. Thomas who walked and lived with Jesus for three and a half years, Thomas who heard and saw Jesus speak about his death and his resurrection, Thomas who actually rebuked Jesus when Jesus says, you know the way, and Thomas says, no we don't. Show us the way, Jesus. Show us the truth. Thomas is like us. He just doesn't want to believe it. I don't think we should doubt or look at him and call him a doubting Thomas. I don't think we should bash him. I like Thomas. I like him probably most out of all of the disciples. Why? Because he's very real. This doesn't make sense, guys. People just don't rise from the dead. And we are no better. We walk by faith, but not by sight. Jesus appears to his disciples on that Sunday evening of his resurrection, and he appears to them in the midst of their fears. They think that they're going to be crucified as well. But did you notice how he appears to them today? He doesn't walk into the room and say, Well, there you are. 
Thanks for ditching me at my greatest hour. Thanks for leaving me stranded on Friday. Thanks for not listening to me all about what I said would happen. Thanks for denying me. Thanks for not being faithful friends. Jesus enters, and he says to them, Shalom, peace be with you. And this is not an ordinary, hey guys, how you doing? Peace be with you is absolution. It's forgiveness. He's not even calling them out on the carpet for what they did. He just looks at them and says, I am here, I am alive. Peace be with you. Shows them the hands. Shows them the side. Which you will see someday, by the way. And then he breathes on them. The Nefesh Yahweh. That's a fancy term for the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was breathed into Adam and Eve's nostrils and they became living beings. The Spirit of God was breathed into the Israelites dead and dry and dusty in the valley of the dry bones as we heard in our Old Testament reading today. And the Spirit of God is breathed upon Jesus' disciples as they prepare to go out with that message of peace. Christ is risen! same breath was breathed upon little Miriam today. As the waters of holy baptism washed away all of her sins, the Holy Spirit of God has been given to her. She's not going to remember this. She didn't understand everything that was going on here today. She doesn't look at this and say, now I'm not so sure that this is truly what I want or what I need. But it's not about our understanding or how much we can recognize. It's not about how much we can totally understand what's happening to us. It is about God doing the work. God washing. God forgiving. God breathing. God giving spirit. God setting a table before you as he has today. And God attaching himself to bread and wine to give you his body and his blood. All so that Jesus may say to you over and over, Peace be with you. He breathes on them just as he has breathed on you, his life-giving spirit to encourage them that he is truly, physically risen from the dead. That's what I love about the Gospels. Later on, after Jesus is risen from the dead, he shows up to his disciples and he says to them, Do you guys have any breakfast? Huh? Why does that put in there? They have some broiled fish, and they say, here, here's some fish. And the Bible says that he sat down and ate with them. Why? Because spirits do not eat physical food. John and the apostles are sitting here saying that he was truly physically resurrected from the dead. He did not only just appear to the disciples and show them his hands and his side, but he even sat down and ate broiled fish with them, just like you and I have done at times. He breathed on them the spirit to announce to the world through them that God has forgiven us of all of our sins and that they would go out and proclaim the same message to a lost and doubting generation, the same message that we have today. Even eight days later, 
Thomas is with his friends, and they are wrapped up in their common sense ideas and their fear and the nonsense that people just don't rise from the dead. Jesus appears again and says to them, what? Peace be with you. He appears even to the most doubting of the eleven, and he says, peace be with you. Look at my hands and touch them. Look at my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. But unlike most of our common artwork that we see with all of this, you'll notice the scriptures never talk about Thomas touching his hand or his side. It's not as if Thomas somehow could give Jesus a high five and put his hand into his side and say, oh, this is great, this is true. The scriptures don't even mention that. Thomas hears the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. And you'll notice what he says, my Lord and my God. We walk by faith and not by sight. Blessed are you, for you have seen, he says to Thomas, but blessed are more those who have not seen and yet believe. Over 2,000 years later, here we are, in a place called Little Rock, Arkansas. The disciples would have never thought about a place like this. Here we are hearing the ancient scriptures, the ancient witnesses to the history that all point to the blessed resurrection of Jesus Christ. And despite all of our doubts, and who cares what everybody out there thinks about this, Despite our inability to give concrete evidence or proof, the Lord of hosts is with you here today. He's speaking his words of peace and forgiveness to you by the power of his Holy Spirit. He's at work in the gift of holy baptism. The extension of his kingdom has happened once again here today as we have a new sister in Christ with Miriam. But it's all pointing us to that last day that final and glorious day where we who walk by faith and not by sight will have the veil of tears lifted from our eyes. You will see the pierced hands and feet and side of Jesus in the resurrection of all flesh. You will hear him say, as he did from the book of Ezekiel today, I will open your graves, and in doing that he will say to you, Peace be with you, peace that passes all understanding. And on that last day, we will no longer walk by faith, but we will see and our eyes will behold and not another. We will see him who has come and been crucified and resurrected from the dead. And we will join with Thomas the great response of faith. My Lord and my God. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.